Hi guys, welcome to The Whiskey Smoke. I'm your host, Yuante Curry, and today my good company is none other than Terrell Washington. Uh, he can be found on Instagram at I Am Hungry Guy, and he's all around foodie and great guy. Cheers, Terrell, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me in here, Yuante. So, we got a nice little setup in here today, and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Well, yeah, I totally agree with that. So, tell us about what you brought. Well, I brought a, a couple of bottles. I bought some Four Roses, um, store pick from Tony K's, some... Um, Old Forester, 1910, that I recently picked up, which is really good. It's one of my favorites right now. And lastly, but one of my favorites, uh, some Boss Armor Yak, El Encantada. It's delicious. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. looks like you've poured me some of this Armor Yak already, and, you know, tastes pretty good. So, what brought you into whiskey? Um, you. Uh, basically, when I first had whiskey, it used to just burn my tongue. They couldn't taste it, didn't know the, the profiles, didn't know anything that was related to, you know, how it's supposed to be enjoyed. And then um, you, I was at your house one day, and you gave me a nice little whiskey flight. And when I left out of there, my tongue was a little burned, but I wanted that flavor again. And I knew I wanted a particular one, and I think you know which one it was. It was the Blanton's Gold. Yeah. That, you know, you was real generous, like, have you another pour? Have you another pour? And, and um once I had that, I was like, okay. Well, first of all, thank you. Two, this guy is very generous. And three, this is pretty good. And that means all bourbon doesn't taste the same. Well, I mean, it's meant to be shared. And that's the whole purpose for, you know, having friends. If you can't share stuff with your friends, then, you know, why well, have it? So I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I'm thanking you for bringing these selections today. And we're going to talk about the whiskey. But let's talk about some food and then talk about uh, more of the whiskey and We'll, we'll figure all that out in the process. But for now, uh, you know, we've been hanging out for a while and we talk about food. We talk about whiskey. We go out to eat. And every time I'm with you, we have an exquisite experience over different things, whether it's food, whether it's whiskey or just cigars or whatever the case may be. But here lately, it's been more food. You've introduced me to more food than I've possibly had in my life. I mean, the butter lettuce. I didn't even know that there was a such thing as butter lettuce. But with that being said... We went to a steakhouse, mm-hmm. and we ordered steak, and uh, we ordered uh, appetizers and things like that. But we looked at their selection of of bourbon, mm-hmm. and the first thing that caught my eye was they had several selections of Buffalo Trace and several selections of uh, just random different distilleries from from Kentucky. But what we did was just for you know for grins, we tried the Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Buffalo Trace had been there for quite some time. Yes. So what that taught me is that, you know, when you're going to a high-end restaurant, just try something that you wouldn't normally try because it may have been sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and what was your experience with it? It was the same kind of experience because it's like the place was really, really nice. And you were thinking, no one's probably touched this bottle. We sat there. It was like, hey, let's have that Buffalo Trace. And when we had it, we was like, wait a minute. This has been sitting here. And then the second time we had our second rounds, we was like, okay, let's go ahead and finish this bottle. And I think we had maybe two or three rounds of it. And they probably had like a little slither on the bottle. But when you looked at their menu, they had, you know, pours of bourbon that was up to, you know, $280, your typical pappy, you know, Mm -hmm. pricing. They had tequilas for $475. But then here's this little lonely Buffalo Trace that is – delicious no one really drinks it because it looks like a just a regular old bottle of bourbon but 
it, it's full of happiness. Yeah. And see, that's the thing I wanted to talk about. And the reason I brought that up is because a lot of people think that, you know, price, you know, always equates to quality. For the most part, that's true. But sometimes you can find some things that hadn't been touched and they're just hidden gems. Mm-hmm. And I think that bottle, it, of course, it was an older bottle. I'm sure. I don't, I don't know how long it was there, but you could definitely tell this. It's not what's out now. I bet know? they bought it the day they opened it. That the, the that day restaurant. They the restaurant. And, yeah. they, and someone had it, maybe the bartender had to taste it before he put it on the floor or something like that. But after that, it just sat and sat because everyone's trying to be, you know, that place is kind of like, I want to show off. Yeah. I'm going to go get, I'm going to get everyone at the table $50 pours of something. And here comes the $10 pour of Buffalo Trace that doesn't even get touched. Thank you. Whoever those guys were, they made that happen for us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Cheers to that. Cheers. Yes, sir. So when you get ready to go to a, uh, a new restaurant I see that you always take pictures and you know in some of your pictures there's bourbon in some of the pictures and you know tell us about how you approach going to a restaurant and drinking and eating the food at the same time you know well the first thing is when I find a restaurant I always do research on it you know look at the yep reviews and I you know look at their menu a- ahead of time but I always try to get a, a spread so I go in there and I said I'm gonna get a drink an appetizer or entree. I never really get dessert because by that time I'm already, you know, done. But to get something and have it all come together because you're going to get all the elements. You're going to say, okay, their drinks is okay, their appetizer is not so much, but their entree is great. Or their entree is good, but the appetizer is not and their drinks are not. So you, it makes me know where I want to come back and get one more time. So then, when you, you know, when you go out with the wife and you're like, hey, I'm looking for this to go eat. I'm like, well, you know what? You want to have a good time? Here's a place that got all three. I'm not going to tell you to go to a place that only got good drinks because you might not feel like drinking tonight. I want you to go to a place where you have options to pick one, two, or three, or two and three, or one and three, or mm-hmm. just one. So that's that's my approach. And then once I go, I, I take pictures of it because I want to remember what I ate. Because sometimes, <laughs> like I love burgers, but I've had probably you know a dozen burgers from places, and I couldn't tell you which place I got them from until I had those pictures. Mm-hmm. So with that approach, uh, it, it always helps because there's certain things you know, especially when you know when you want a burger, you probably got to go to bourbon that you want to go for when you're drinking and eating. Mm-hmm. If I get that at that place and I get that burger and I'm like, okay, this at least the burger, at least the whiskey was good because the burger wasn't that good. But, you know, nine times out of ten, it, it doesn't work out that. It, it works out pretty fine, but bourbon is – can smooth things over when things aren't well with food. Let's just put it that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, social lubricant, you know. Lubricate a bad situation. Yes, sir. Now, <laughs> I see you uh, with all the pictures you take of, of food. Are you cataloging all your pictures for whiskey as well? And, you know, have you got, like, a rating system of this was incredible whiskey, you know, I, this was hyped up, you know. How do you, how do you do that? Well, you know, going back to what I was saying about you, it was like you showed me I always kind of – I know stuff, and then if I don't know, I, I I want my friends to know about it. So I say, you know, you want to say, hey, is this good stuff? Well, I have it. I have a bottle at the house. Don't worry about it. You're that type of uh, gentleman. But with me, if I haven't, if we haven't had it before, we're gonna both try it together. But I, when we catalog it, I'll be like, I remember, it and I take that picture. And usually, the pictures we take, there's gonna be more memories. It's just, a, it's just gonna explode. You know, it might start off with a drink, but it ends up being like, man, where did these hot dogs and and uh, fried chicken come from? Because we wouldn't even, that wasn't the plan tonight. Yeah, this spontaneous. And, and it's that that 
helps with a lot. And so then when I look at those pictures, I'm like, that's that night. And then that's my catalog. Because I have a great memory, and I remember that the memories and then also the taste. Because there's flavor profiles in bourbon, like I said earlier, that I couldn't taste. Mm -hmm. And now I can taste those little notes. And I can tell you, like, nope, I do not like that or I love that. And to me, I kind of graduated. I'm not I'm not in college yet, but I'm 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 a, I'm a senior in high school when it comes to bourbon right now. I like the way you put that. I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to coin that. I'm not in college yet, but yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, I think for me, when I bring people around and we drink whiskey, I think I'm looking for the total experience of everything as opposed to just the drinking because when we drink, no matter what we drink, we're gonna have a good time. But the total experience is different every time we open a different bottle because that bottle may never exist again. That bottle, you know, I've dropped a few bottles, you know, and just call that a tragedy, you know. So you just never know. Like every time you open a bottle of whiskey, I think that's a memory that you're creating with somebody. That's why I never try to drink too much alone because now I feel like I'm forfeiting the opportunity to make memories with people, you know. Yeah, you, you've said that from day one. And um, like I said, that hospitality we had a, a great time that one time, and it, it, one time was it was great, but we had even better times after that. And yeah. they, they seen to increase, but they stay relatively um, simple. They're still simple. I mean, we, we might be a little bit tired, but we still get through the day, and we had a, a great time. You know, and the one thing that always stuck with me, and I heard you say a few times, was milestone bottles. And it's kind of like I can think about the McAllen number one, that's a milestone because that night it was like it started off, yeah, have a pour. Next thing you know, the ball is upside down and it's gone yeah. because it was that good. Yeah. And I think I went out maybe a couple of weeks later and I found another bottle way out in, in Cyprus, which it was rare and it was like the last one. You still got that bottle, right? Of course. Okay. And, um, and, and I was just like I remember that because I was like, thank you for letting me have something that you think you thought you was going to never have again. Yeah. So, that was incredible. So I call that a milestone bottle. So every time you, sh I will look at that bottle in your house. I'm thinking I remember that that night. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about the milestone bottles, you know, at first I was thinking, okay, milestone like you know, uh, marriage, milestone like you know, promotion, milestone like divorce, milestone like new birthday, <laughs> you know. So I'd never thought to simple, simply, you know, to to just dumb it down to the simplest thing and milestone like doing something that I've never done with a person before. Mm -hmm. And milestones are just so different. Anything could be a milestone. Mm -hmm. You know, got into a first car accident, milestone. Yeah, you know, because so, you needed a drink after that. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so, you know, we have those milestone bottles and, and now the memories from that milestone bottle, every time you think about that bottle, you think about that memory. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think the, the other part about it was that it, the, the things we talked about, it, you know, I think one of the things when we talk about was life. It wasn't about trying to be better than everybody or be better than each other. It was like, this is what we could do to become better at what we're doing because mm -hmm. we got a passion. Right. You know, I, I love food, but I also love uh, nice spirits. Um, and putting those things together is just great. Putting that with a friend that enjoys that is great because I've, I've had you try some stuff. That you're like, why would you know? That's crazy. You brought this over here, but I'm glad you did because I like it. Right. And, I, and that's and that's what it's supposed to be. At least you at least you try one time. And if you don't like it, don't try it again. But if you do, 
let's let's drink up together and, and celebrate. Yeah, and that's the camaraderie behind the spirit, you know, the camaraderie of brown sh- sharing. And then, like, when I first met you, you weren't into cigars that much. I mean, I knew you smoked one here and there. But, I mean, I saw you run the gamut pretty quick. I saw you go from, you know, like, uh, everyday yard guard to uh, some expensive opuses and some expensive uh, padrones. And, you know, you just, like, like took off pretty quick. You know, and then I was trying to get you to, to smoke more, you know, and smoke in your car and smoke, you yeah. know. And just what are you, what's your take on smoking as as of now? It's, it's, it's almost like the same thing, but I don't think it was uh, – you. You know, you said I took off a little bit fast, but not necessarily as fast as I did with whiskey, uh, bourbon. Because you're right, I did. And because I wanted to try them because you was like, hey, try these. And I had them. I think, you know, for my birthday, I got something based off your recommendation. And now it's kind of like I drink, every, not every day like that, but I like to taste that bourbon every day. You know, hey, so, I don't judge. I mean, you do what you do. You're grown. Yeah. yeah. You pay your own bills. So, exactly. So, I'll go out and it's like, when I come by your house, I think that's the time I smoke it because I don't want to, like you said, drink by yourself. I don't want to smoke by myself. Mm-hmm. So, when I come by, everyone, all my friends don't do that, but you do. So, when I come over, yeah, you like, I'm not, 75% of the time, I'm down. 25% of the time, I could chill. Sometimes you smoke and I'm like, man, that smells great. Let me go ahead and get one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew that worked, you know. <laughs> so kind of like that. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's an aroma. And since you like food, I'm pretty sure you love aromas. So I figure if I light up a cigar and then we're smoking and sooner or later that aroma is slowly creeping to you and like, you know, come on, try me, try me, try me. And then it'll incentivize you to go get a cigar and cut it and light it and just hang out and enjoy yourself further because I found that I drink less when I'm smoking mm. Be- because if I don't have a cigar, I'm more apt to keep putting the drink up. But if I have a cigar, you know, I'm taking my time and then I'm really appreciating the, the whiskey even more. I, it could just be, you know, you know, have something in my hand to keep me busy as opposed to nothing in my hand to keep me going. So who knows? Yeah. And I, and I, it's the, I think it's the same thing with food. I eat food and then I drink. And if I don't, if I'm, if I wouldn't eat, I would probably keep drinking. So it's kind of like drink, eat, drink. It's like it's giving you a break. Okay. Because if not, I'm going to drink up. Okay. So. Well, we're going to continue to talk about drinking, continue to talk about food and whiskey and cigars after the break. Stay tuned, guys. We're back, guys. And Terrell has been generous enough to pour some of this old fine whiskey by Old Forester to 1910. And the nose on this is amazing. So. What do you think about this, real? Oh man, it's 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 like someone melted a piece of pie in a cup and just <laughs> mm-hmm. it made it liquid because it is incredible. Yeah, it's like a dessert. So before the break, we were talking about cigars and you know how how you've taken off into cigars. What what was that cigar that got you? That like it grabbed you and said, "Terrell, do this. This is what you should be doing." Uh, I think it was when I went to. Uh, Stowies and got some Lanceros, if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. Ikebon, uh Room. 101. 101. Okay, yeah, I had that. And I remember I told you I love the smoke trail on it. And it was so smooth. And it was uh, it was something that I was like, okay, I'm glad I got a box of this because it was, it was great. Um, I think number two was the EP Carrillo. And it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was sort of peppery. It was one you gave to me as well that was 
pretty nice. I don't think you remember giving it to me because we was having a good time at that moment. Okay. But it, yeah, that, that sounds I, I'm about pretty right. sure I can point it out when I if I went to your house and yeah. looked at it. But you gave it to me. You was like, oh, these are this is real nice. I'm like, what is this? I mean, it was flavorful. And I think the reason why I like them, for one, the first one I mentioned was so smooth when I smoked it. Mm-hmm. And the smoke trail looked like, you know, like a train coming up the road. And um, the second one was it reminded me of food. It was peppery. It was kind of like I was eating some kind of, uh, you know, something from Louisiana or something like that. It was just it was just delicious. It was like something I could chew. It was, I can't I mean I don't know how to describe it, but it was. Oh, right, you're doing a good job. It reminded me of food, basically okay. put it that way. And I remember being pretty relaxed with it, you know. And you know, the one thing is you kind of trick me sometimes with these things because you're like, hey, try this out, and it's like a full cigar, and I'm like. You feeling something? I'm like, yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's a full cigar. And I'm like, I didn't know that. So thank you for that because you kind of threw me into the water and say, said swim. swim. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a real-life situation yeah. where like oh, that too. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> swim, Terrell. Swim. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we was out of shape. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but back to the cigar thing. Yeah. I uh, mean, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. That's the inside joke, guys. But. The thing with the cigar is that I figured I'd get them to try something a little stronger because you want to change change up and expose yourself to different things at times. And, you know, the more you expose yourself to, the, the more rounded you become. And the more rounded you become, the more knowledgeable you become. So I wanted you to become knowledgeable about cigars and appreciate the different strengths and the flavor profiles as as well as, you know, just the, the whole experience behind the, the cut, light, and smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, you did that very well because – at that particular time, I was in the middle of my, what we call a whiskey journey, mm-hmm. whiskey walk, where I'm still trying to, you know, feel my way through because it was, you know, bourbon whiskey. And, you know, I think we had a couple of scotches, too, that, you know, I think I told you I wasn't really a big scotch fan, but I realized it's just not one type of scotch. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's just different scotches. You know, your mm-hmm. peated scotches, I'm not a big fan of. And, you know, it's like, you know, kissing a, a barbecue grill on some of them. But I kind of fell in love with the combinations and the everything that came with drinking and smoking and eating. Cause every time we did it, we had one of the three, you know, it was kind of like our own uh, pyramid food triangle mm-hmm. for per se, you know, we, we have food here and oh man, we can't just have food. We gotta have drinks, but we just can't drink. We gotta have a smoke. And then we go outside and we sit there and then let all our worries just melt away with the night. And right. then next thing you know, eight, nine hours later felt like two hours Time for me to go home. You're like, hey, you stay. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. You know, I don't want to be an inconvenience. And um, But I'm sitting there just driving home, and I'm like, this is cool. And that's that's how you're supposed to end off. And if you left, if I left a place where I felt uncomfortable afterwards, mission not accomplished. Right. But to leave there and be like, we got to do this again. And, you know, sometimes you have fun. It's like we don't – it's not – we have Vegas fun without that Vegas funds. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice play on words, yeah. You know, so you go to Vegas and you kill your money. You're like, oh, man, it's $1,000 every two days. But when I come over, we spend maybe 75 because we have already have our investment in whiskey that we don't even have to go out to the bar. You know, but, you know, there's some couple of places in Houston that I wouldn't mind. We, you know, we both been to a couple of bars to have some great whiskey selection, but – 
between us, it's it, between us. We have like eighty percent of it. Yeah. Why leave? Yeah. Why why fight traffic in downtown and and pay twelve dollars to park when I can just have my pores until I get happy and then just relax. Well, sometimes you have to have that experience. Yes, because sir. Because that experience is, you know, like I, I remember going to uh, what it was. Uh, I'm gonna get this wrong, but uh, Houston's Who's Who of Food or. What is it called? Menus. Menu, menus, menus, yeah. Which is coming up again. Scroll, just screwed that up terribly. Yeah. But after that, we went to Wooster's and the fire pit was lit. And we just sit there and just an incredible evening by the fire drinking great whiskey. You know, I took pictures and you, know, you took even better pictures. And, you know, it was just one of those things where you have to have that experience. And that evening was crisp. I remember like it was yesterday. It was a crisp, cool evening. Yeah, have an incredible whiskey by fire. Yeah, because and it's kind of like how it's the relaxation part of it. The visuals, the visuals is what actually makes that night. Because if you was in a, a place with a lot of noise, a lot of people, you're not gonna relax unless that's what you that was what you feed on. But a lot of times, if we're the type of people like me and you, we kind of like to relax. Right. We sit back. We think. We don't sit back and party. We sit back and think. Our partying is in our minds, but we speak some good stuff and we like. Everything is nice and smoothed out, and that's 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 the whole point. And that's why I like coming and hanging out because that's important. And bringing people like us in our group, our circle, makes it even better because they appreciate what we have and what they have, and we can come together and have something even uh, greater than just two people who do it every Saturday uh, afternoon. I like a slower tempo because a slower tempo allows you to sit back and relax and enjoy everything that you're experiencing. Enjoy the whiskey, enjoy the company, enjoy the cigar, you know, and then hit repeat. Because if you're going too fast, life just goes by. So if you're taking the time to enjoy yourself, because time is the one thing that we can't all have enough of, you know, time is the thing that we waste the most. So if you have time, slow the tempo down, you know. Mm -hmm. Like in a basketball game, if the tempo's too fast, you know, one team's going to beat you to death. But if you slow the tempo down, then you get them off, off kilter. But if you slow the tempo down for yourself, you can enjoy life because yeah. the rat race is enough mm. Monday through Friday or whatever your Monday through Friday may be. The yeah. rat race is enough. So you have to make that time and carve it out for yourself so you can appreciate things. And I think that's that's the part. You look forward to it. I mean, we probably speak about hanging out Monday morning. Whatever our Monday mornings are, we like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? All right, let's do that. And then next thing you know, hey, let's think about adding something. Next thing you know, it, it turns out to be a mini party. Right. But we're not dancing. Yeah. We're literally relaxing under the moonlight, just having a good time. And people might come over and they enjoy it with us. And that's what it's all about. Right. And um, and I think a lot of things is I learned a lot with the you know whiskey. Is that when people come over and they're like, man, I don't know what to drink because I'm not into whiskey. Because, I, hey, you know, a year ago I was just like you, but try this. Because if you want something nice and and smooth and not worried about burn, here you go. Don't even worry about it. And they tried. Hmm, I didn't ever had that before. You know, I bought some uh, some Delords, uh Boss Army Act uh, 25 and. I think one of the things someone had it like I've never had Armiac before. I don't. What is it? And I'm like, you know, it's it's like kayak, but it's just a different part of France. And they had it, and then you know, I left the bottle. Then I noticed my bottle was creeping closer and closer towards empty, huh? towards empty. And I'm like, wait a minute, but I'm fine with it because that means they found something different because mm -hmm. they're used to 
drinking what they saw in a magazine. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of person that that likes to consume items that isn't hyped or, you know, promoted into a magazine or television because it's like, you know, and I'm pretty sure you probably mentioned this before, that things that aren't advertised don't need to advertise. You know, a, a, a nice car like a Ferrari doesn't have advertisements all over America. Right. You know when you pass a Ferrari, you're like, that's it. Right. I'm going to look this up on Google one day. You see a Ferrari at the red light, you're like, wow, because right. it's, it's, it's like an alien. And then when you go find it, you're like, I got to get one of those one day. But you, you look good in a Ferrari, by the way. Thank you. Maybe one day. It's yeah. it's happening. Trust me. I don't know about all that, but I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. And if it does, you know, I'll put you in the passenger seat and scare the hell out of you. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll agree. You know, with the with things being advertised, because I've said it many times before. When you go places, you know, you see people advertising certain products in a liquor store. They're pushing you toward a certain brand. And as a consumer, I don't want to be pushed. You know, I would like assistance if I ask for it, but I don't want to be, you know, steered. You know, mm-hmm. I I can do that myself. Mm-hmm. But you'll find that most products that are marketed to people, they're marketed by design because they're trying to sell that product. And if the marketing is effective, they'll effectively sell that product. But the good stuff, you don't have to do it. It it advertises itself, and people know. You know. And why? And trust me, we've had some good stuff. I think one of the the best combinations I've ever had when we hanging out is when we got those tomahawk steaks and we had some Kentucky Owl bourbon and it it was just it was the metaphor to what we think good eating good living and good drinking and we had some great cigars out there too and it was all of that came together and we were so relaxed and we wasn't even in a major resort we wasn't you know rooftop penthouse and you know, Vegas or, you know, L.A., we was out looking at a lake, and we, everything was just incredible. I mean, it was simple. One. Two, it had everything we wanted, which was no stress. And, you know, it was some kind of stress in the water. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn how to swim. but <laughs> Man, I know how to swim. I just If I can't see the bottom, I'm done. It might as well just be 100 jumping out of an airplane. But. I, I never knew that was a thing until you, you know. Hey, I, I found something else about that. When someone else said I can swim, I just, if I can't see the bottom, I have I've no never point of heard reference. That before. No point of reference. Up. <laughs> just up. <laughs> just swim up. You know, okay, well, we'll just keep on going about that. But in my mind. That's simple. a milestone, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> simple is everything. Because, you know, when you overdo, when you overplan, in my mind, you know, you don't live up to your expectations. But when you keep it simple, you know, you, you have a tendency to impress yourself by just doing the simple stuff because simple can be impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm with simple, keeping it easy, keeping it fun, keeping it light. Because when you overthink things, that becomes stress. And when I sit down and have a drink or a cigar or enjoy a good steak, or especially on the grill, if mm-hmm. I'm grilling it myself, I don't want to think about stress, you know. I want it, this to be as simple as possible, even down to the seasoning. Just salt and pepper, you know. Yes. Just keep it easy. And that's the thing about it. The steak is supposed to talk, not the seasoning, you know. And, you know, we've, we, we've had plenty of incredible meals um, over the last year that was just like, wow, can't believe. we. I can't even remember, man, we messed up like that. You know, like, oh, man, just throw that in the trash. Just order a pizza. 
we literally had some food and it always came out great. Always. I mean, we had fried chicken. Remember the twice fried fried chicken? Yeah. We was like, wow, this is gonna be messed up. Came out, and we was like, yo, this was everything. Right. And it was just like we're we're drinking red wine, and we're like everything came together every time, and this says a lot because you know. I believe in the energy that we have around us is going to accelerate us or slow us down. But every time, acceleration. All the people we hang around, acceleration. Anybody that slows you down, you got to kind of go around them, like on the freeway, right? Right. You see a slow car, you going to sit there and stay behind them, or you no. gonna, you gonna, you how you going to get to your destination? Yeah. You got to go around them. So yeah. it's kind of like that with people. And our, you know, our friendship and how we get, to get along, Acceleration. Yeah. We're always in the fast lane, right? But we we don't drive too reckless. We, yeah. we we keep it over the speed limit, you know, a little bit. But it's uh it's great. I like the metaphor of speeding, you know, and I like the car reference earlier. But a good friend of mine last night told me that, you know, if you overdraw at the Karma Bank, it's gonna come back and it's gonna bite hard. You know, with that being said, you know, I try to make sure that I keep, you know. A good substantial deposit in the Karma Bank. So mm-hmm. if it comes back, it comes back in excess. And know? I and I agree with that Karma Bank. You yeah. know, what you, you get what you put in in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I said uh, we always say say I want solid people around me. Right. We always said that. You say it in a way, and I say it in a different way. But it's always the same goal as long as it end, end, ends up being positive for us. Right. And um. You know, I wouldn't be around you if you was the type of person that stressed me out. And I wouldn't have people around me that's going to stress me out. So the way the way this bourbon brought us together is is everything. Because you, you said it before, bourbon smooths things over and we have great conversations right. until until the sun come up. If yeah. we, we didn't have work to go, we would probably still be talking. Yeah. And, you know, they say, hey, let's go get a breakfast buffet because <laughs> it's, it's about that time. Because I'm that type of guy. I love you know, food to the point where as long as I get food or a, a nice pour of bourbon, my day is complete because it helps out. Yeah. Um, not dependent on it, but I am dependent on food because I, you know, I love food. But yeah. it's it's amazing how I come home and I can do school work or home uh, regular work with a pour off to the side and, and and be able to get that work done a whole lot faster. You think it makes you more efficient? It, it, very much so. And well, why do you think that? That's, that's I want to explore that. Um, because it's like this. It's like uh, I think like Michael Jordan said something that he used, he started chewing gum because it made him concentrate better on the court. And it's kind of like I think bourbon can be like you're chewing gum as you're working, and you're working on something you're drinking, and you're like I'm thinking. Okay. Like when you smoke a cigar, it relaxes you. And the first thing that what does relaxation mean? That means everything is not being powered. It's it's is running, but it's not there's no effort being put in to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it's relaxed. So with you, when you're smoking a or with me, if I'm smoking a cigar or drinking bourbon, it's relaxing. So when I'm working, I don't have writer's block because I'm not worrying about, man, what I'm getting to eat, because I'm already drinking my food right now, you mm. know, right. And it's crazy. Once I get done, now I have appetite. I've burned through 10 page, anything's emails to a, a, a superior, no issues. And no one knows on the other end that, that you had a drink. In I hand. had a drink in my hand. Well, they could now if they're listening. Oh uh, yeah. But at the same time, these things don't impact my judgment. They actually 
clear. Yeah, they, clairvoyance. They, yeah. Yes, I get I get clear of mind. I don't. My judgment is incredible, and the next thing you know, I'm done. Once I get done, the, the glass is empty. I put it up. Time to watch TV. Time yeah. to go get something to eat. It's not like, well, let me, you know, let me pour, keep going. Let me keep going. Yeah, and, and people don't understand that you can literally be a responsible drinker and enjoy the spirit for what it is instead of just overindulgence. Overindulgence is where people go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, once you just like what you explained is a perfect example of perfect indulgence. You mm-hmm. know, you're using it as a tool to get to a certain experience. Now, since you're single. I would imagine that, you know, use it as a tool as well, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to be saying, but we'll talk about that probably on the next segment. But yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Well, in terms of, like, being single and drinking or mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I never really thought of it in a sense because, you know, I think people, when you, they should accept you, accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is, is, like, if you enjoy those things don't hide from that person. Right. If you enjoy eating a lot of bad food and a lot of uh, drinking a lot of great bourbon and drinking, I mean, smoking a lot of great cigars, you shouldn't hold that from that person because all of a sudden one day you're going to need one of those things that make you feel good. And they're going to be like, where did this come from? So I think the main factor is, is to be upfront. And when they, if they can accept you for what they can, you love in life, then that's a good person. But if they don't like it, you kind of like might want to change your path on how you're going to proceed with this relationship. Well, it's about a lifestyle. I mean, it's introducing someone else to your lifestyle. So when you introduce them to your lifestyle, you're introducing them to your hobbies. And these can be some very expensive and demanding hobbies. You know, so if, if you find someone to enjoy that, you know, maybe it'll enhance their hobby. Or, you know, maybe it'll detract from their bank account. But who knows? I just think that it's very interesting, you know, to take to get someone else's aspect on it, being a single person. But there's always whiskey. So let me ask you that question. So you're a married man. So how do you, what is your perspective from a married man perspective? So from a married man's perspective, it's simple. You know, mm-hmm. you just let her know, hey, look. And then you try to introduce her to the spirit a little bit at a time because – too much too fast can be overwhelming, mm-hmm. but a little bit at a time. You know, I think one of her favorite scotches is Highland Park Magnus. Yeah, a I friend of our uh, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, introduced us to Highland Park, and mm-hmm. after that, I introduced her to Highland Park, and now it's become a household staple. But it's all about communication, and that's what everything, whether it's your employment, whether it's your friendships where there's just random people you meet, it's about how you communicate because the most important thing in a two-way conversation is not what you hear and not what I hear. It's the feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, the feedback is what's important. And speaking of feedback, we're going to get his feedback after the break. Hey, guys, we're back, and we're talking communication over bottles of bourbon, and Terrell is going to tell us how important he thinks about communication and, and all that type of stuff when it comes to drinking and living the lifestyle he lives of a foodie. Yeah, I think um, in relation to communication when it comes to stuff, it's, it's understanding that this is your lifestyle. And people, you want to bring people in, like you said, a little bit at a time. You know, I mean, if you married a vegan, you obviously can't get them on eating steaks one day because you love steaks. There's always a middle ground, you know, to the situation. And um, I think my favorite part 
about communication is, is that you get that feedback. And feedback is, it has to be rational because it's not communication if they're screaming at you and saying you got to stop everything you're doing that you love and comply to how my life is. I can't have you drinking. But, like, you met me at this bar when I was drinking some great stuff and, I, and you pretended to like this bourbon and now I realize you didn't like it. That's bad communication on, you know, her part. So the feedback I have is from the beginning, they should see the first chapter of your book. They can't, you can't skip chapters. You got to show them this is who you are. This is who you should. This is who I have, who I am and who I will be. I won't change. I have flaws and I have, I have a lot of positives about me and this is who I am. And this is what the bourbon's for. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, with that being said, when you take a woman out to these restaurants and you're such a foodie and you've been so many places in this town, this town has a whole lot of places to go. Mm -hmm. How do you gauge the level of restaurant that you go to with this date? Well, I take them somewhere that's kind of neutral in the sense where it got everything. You got you got to have some vegan options. You got to have like they might be on a diet. They might eat meat. They just not eating it this month because you know there's always some diet, new fat, fish, some kind of seafood, some kind of uh, red meat, some kind of pork. Some people might like fried chicken. Um, I think one of my favorite places to go that has a universal profile is steakhouses. Steakhouses usually have a a range. They have a really good salad. It costs twenty two dollars. But it's good. So tell me what. Tell me about this. I'm, I don't want to detract from your thought process, but people tell me don't go order turf, you know, where they serve surf, and don't go order mm-hmm. surf where they serve turf. That's not true. Okay. Because you know why? Because that might be their best thing on the menu. Because there's a chef back there that says, this is my specialty. But, yes, I am working for a steakhouse, but I have a nice shrimp scampi, the best shrimp scampi in Houston. You and you try and he'll get happy. Next thing you know, you have the largest and the most delicious blackened shrimp you ever had in your life because you're like, wow, I everyone got steaks and I got this and my plate looks like a platter. Because people, you know, again, try it. How how are you gonna try how are you gonna try bourbon? Oh, but, I, I just tried. I, you I just take tried. a pour and exactly. you know, you know give why? it a good nose and you know, swirl it around the glass and see what sticks. You 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 know how to drink. I know how to eat. So when you know how to drink, you're going to pick delicious bourbon because you're like, I never had that before. And then someone says, I would have never tried that. Well, guess what? I will because now I know where it's at. Now, it's the same thing with food. I go to a steakhouse. I mean, if I go to a, a, a Mexican restaurant and they're known for the tequila, but they have bourbon there and they, make, they might make a great old-fashioned. <laughs> how do you know they don't? Right. You get it, and you're like, okay, because the bartender is tired of making margaritas every day, all day. He just wants to make a, a simple three-ingredient cocktail. And when you get it, and you're like, wow, this is the best uh, old-fashioned I've ever had. And to me, you should always try. I think that's the one thing that's a metaphor to my life. Try it once. If you hate it, you hate it. Now you know, but you didn't know when you didn't try it either. So new stuff, new beginnings can become new trends for you. Okay, so you just spoke about old fashions. I'm an old fashioned guy. <laughs> yeah, you are, are you a simple syrup guy or are you a confection sugar guy? Um, uh, I've had your old fashioned, and you, the confection sugar is right out the bag, huh? Right. I think 
I think I'm like if I want simple syrup, homemade, right? Mm-hmm. From scratch. Okay. You get the confection sugar, you stir it down with a little bit of water, let it boil up, and you make your own simple syrup syrup. Um confection sugar. Yeah. I like I like originality. I love originality. I love real things. Um, as in people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't like things to be added on or, you know, or enhanced. Or, preservatives. <laughs> yeah. Artificial. If you're if you if you don't like something, tell tell me. Right. Just like you tell me, hey man, if you don't like it, just tell me. But that old fashioned was great. You know, we had, you know, the ice ball maker that made it perfect. I still got that picture. And that's actually, I think, the cigar we had that day. I don't remember. Oh man, it was like a old grand. Um, Show you the picture one day, but we took a great picture. We got the ice ball, and it was like a, a a box of cigars. It's about this tall, and it had a picture of like a, a long live the king. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and that that's what we had that day, and that day was incredible too, and and I love it, man. And I think that um, that's what it's all about. I think when when we get together, and I think with anyone, when when you get together with a, a friend of yours, no matter who that friend may be. You know, the time should be spent enjoying yourself and making a memory that's going to be burned into you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think of every opportunity to hang out with my friends, every opportunity, no matter who the friend is, mm-hmm. you know, as a brand. You know, when I say that a brand is like when you brand an animal, that's for life. Mm-hmm. You know, that animal till he's slaughtered is going to wear that brand. And when I interact with people, I want that memory to be a brand that you wear for life that. When you and I hung out, we had this, we had that, you know, or we just had a great conversation. We laughed, we BSed, you know, we just shot the shit. We just had a great time. And that's what life is all about because life is not about, and here, 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 here comes your, your catchy statement. Life is not the, not about the, the, how, how would you say? The moments that take your breath away. It's about, well, it actually is about the moments that take your breath away. Having moments that take your breath away. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you could have a, a great day at work and you could have a terrible day at work. You know, no one knows what you're going through. And that's the whole Chick-fil-A mentality. Chick-fil-A's whole philosophy is that no one knows what you're going through. So you want to have a good experience every time you go to Chick-fil-A. Well, not on that level, but I want you to have a good experience every time you come around me. When I say every time you come around me, have a good experience because that builds and it's infectious. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, I think that's our main goal. I think that's where we align that. And, you know, that's what makes it fun. We have fun without trying. Yeah. You ever try to have fun? Does that make any sense? I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to have a good time. That means you're not having a good time at that moment. If you at the if you at the club or if you was at your friend's house and you're like, man, I'm trying to have fun, or you say, man, I'm trying to have a good time, you looking around, it's like this is not it. <laughs> it you know, you we actually that's how we ended up at certain places because we're like, this is not it. Yeah. This is not the vibe that I want to be in right now. Let's get up and head out. We you know, go out and then be like, let's make the best of tonight. Right. I think uh, we went to one event and we ended up getting um, uh, Yaka. Yamazaki? Yamazaki. Yeah. Um, 
that food was delicious. I mean, we killed the menu, but we got over and over. We had great uh, cocktails. The experience was nice. Couch was comfortable. They had that uh, Rolls Royce ceiling with the, the with stars. The LEDs, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. But what did we start with? We was in that place for 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. Left out of there, Joe the Galleria, sat down, had some good food, and said, Oh, yeah, now I remember exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we went to a certain whiskey event, mm-hmm. and it was not what we we mm-hmm. bargained for. But yeah, I mean, the the thing about life is always having a good time. You know, you know, taking a bad situation and spinning it, making lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what having good people around you does. Good people, good people around you insulates you from the world's issues. Yeah, you know, yeah, you you, you then become, you know, you transcend BS when you have good people around you because a good person can take a bad situation and make it funny. Yep. You know, because it's all about what lenses you put on a situation. If you put a lens on that says, man, this is shit, I'm going to have a bad time and I'm not going to have a good time here. But then if you put the lens on and say, hey, look, I'm going to shine all that we're having such a bad time here. I'm going to shine and say, hey, look, I know this is not the ideal situation for us to be in, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a good time here. And whiskey helps. So I'm all about, hey, you know, I got a bottle in my trunk. I got two glasses in the car as well. We can sit out here in the parking lot, pimp, and mm-hmm. just have a good time. I mean, I like to keep it simple. Yes. You know, now within reason and within law, you know, because yeah. I don't want to be on somebody's yeah. property loitering. Yeah, this is true. Yes. I have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But always focused on having a good time. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing that I always loved, like, hanging out was is that it was always something learned. It wasn't just, like, dumb hanging out. Like, you know, they always say, man, you kids was doing some dumb stuff. We weren't out there bringing doorbells and running up the street. We're out here solving problems because, you know, I always told you before, a year ago, things were going to be different. Mm -hmm. That's happened. Right. And I say this again, a year from now, today, things were going to be different. There's some things that we we heard today that I think is going to come true, and I think it was probably one of the best things I heard. I think I told you three times today. The Oracle of Dallas has spoken. (laughs) That was the best idea I ever heard in my life, and I loved it. And I think that is something that I'm here to help you embrace it because guess what? What we're doing today, right now, having some great whiskey, is going to happen a year from now, but in a great location. And I think it's going to be incredible. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to having great whiskey in a great location. So, but the last little bit of the show, I want to just talk about food. Yeah. Because food gets me out of my comfort zone. We were at Vic and Anthony's, <laughs> and you ordered foie gras, and I had never had it before. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to waste this expensive stuff. And I was thinking to myself, also, just to be honest here, I'm going to regurgitate in my mouth after eating this. Because I saw it, and I just was like, oh, man, don't make me eat it. But I tried it, and I've tried things with you before, frog legs, just all kind of weird and, stuff with you. And I, I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed in two of those situations because the frog legs is not what they were. They were uh, that new trend with the the hot Tennessee hot sauce frog legs. They were small. Those are the smallest frog legs I ever had in my life, and they kind of tore us both up. The foie gras was overcooked. Um, it's supposed to be seared. It's supposed to be creamy. It's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like flavored butter. 
So you get it, you eat it, you eat it with your a compliment with your steak. It's supposed to be smooth, but a little bit of crisp on the outside. They burnt it because they forgot it. The they forgot to bring it out. So they probably rushed ordered it. So the guy probably just spatula the thing to death and brought it out. And I could I could have sent it back, but I'm not that type of guy. I'm like probably a busy night or whatnot. It it did have nice flavor on the inside. I actually saw a video two days ago with little kids. Didn't know what faux gras was, and the, they both loved it. And they were like five years old because it's like it's like oh, it tastes like it tastes like creamy chicken, <laughs> and they was like and they loved it. So we gotta have gotta try some things. You gotta try twice. Okay. And I think faux gras is the essence of you, by the way. And um, why would you say that? Because it's eloquent. It's eloquent and it's delicious. That's that. It's eloquent and delicious. I, I had to ask my wife about the delicious part. But well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's something you <laughs> will enjoy. Okay. All right. So uh, I think the one thing is is that when you try something twice, now you got the real word, not the same place, somewhere else, and okay. you get it. You know, for a while, it's like three hundred dollars for like a pound. So it's not something you can just go buy and cook it yourself and like ruin it. Um, which is you know anyone doesn't know that's it's uh, fattened duck or goose livers. Um, that's seared on the tabletop, but it is very good and it's very uh, French. And one day I am going to have foie gras and Armagnac in actual Paris. One day. Hey, cheers to that, man! Goals, and yes. I, I can't wait to see your accomplishment and see the incredible pictures that you take once you do. Mm-hmm. This is what I like about the whiskey. You know, like any relationships that you have with whiskey, you meet someone. And you never know how far the relationship is going to take you. Mm-hmm. Like since I've met you, I've tried things that I've that are way further than I'm comfortable with trying, you know. And after I'm done, I was like, "Hey, scratch that off the list. Never again," <laughs> you know. Or scratch that off the list. We got to go back. But you never know what you, who or what you're gonna do, or when you're gonna meet them, where you're gonna meet them how far they're going to take you with whiskey. And that's what I love about it because the whiskey journey, the whiskey walk, you meet several people that can actually change your life for the better. And I like to raise my glass to you for changing my life for the better with food. My waist and wallet suffer, but Mm -hmm. cheers to you for the introduction. Yes, sir.